0: Hello and welcome to the Bonus Action Podcast, the show that explores 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons one rule at a time in short 15-minute episodes. I'm your host, Sam Dillon, and I'm here with my favorite rock star, D&D world builder, James Interqueso. Hey James, how you doing?
1: Hey, Sam, I am great, and I am ready to start this episode. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well, and I'm excited to get this episode going, too. But first, we have to tell you about our sponsor this episode, Noble Knight Games, where Out of Print is available again. They offer a wide variety of RPG items, accessories, books, adventure modules... CDs, all sorts of stuff, miniatures, anything that you can think of that has anything to do with gaming and is out of print or actually in print as well, you can find it at noblenight.com. Let's hear a word from them.
1: Noble Knight is an online game store. d d they got that more. And if you think out-of-print games are nice, Shop Noble Knight cause they've got the best price And if you got gaming products to sell Then Noble Knight will buy them as well So go to the place where gaming's the bomb And head over to NobleKnight.com And don't forget to tell them that The Tone Show sent you. All right, let's do it. In this episode, we're discussing the specific class rules for spellcasting and preparation in D&D. You can see these rules in the Player's Handbook in Chapter 3. We're going a bit beyond the basic rule PDF in this one, so you're going to need the full thing if you really want to understand this, the the juicy Player's Handbook. If you haven't yet, check out Bonus Action Number 7. That's got an overall view of spellcasting in general. If you're not familiar with 5th edition spellcasting or need a refresher, start there because we'll be using some terms defined in that podcast to explain the class-specific spellcasting rules.
0: It's difficult to put this in a nutshell. This is a relatively complex part of the game. In fact, it's one of the most complex parts of the game. Every class, except for Barbarians and Monks, have at least one build or path that allows for them to cast spells. But they're all a little different, and that's what we're breaking down today. You should know that even though they don't cast spells by using spell slots, Barbarians and Monks have access to abilities which allow them a spell once in a while.
1: First, let's define a few more terms. All spellcasters have spell slots. Essentially, to cast a spell of a given level the character must expend one slot of that spell level. In all cases other than the warlock, which we'll get to in a moment, spell slots refresh after a long rest.
0: In bonus action number seven, we discussed spells with small amounts of power that are called cantrips. Casting these spells don't use a spell slot at all, and the bard, cleric, druid, eldritch knight, fighter, arcane trickster, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, and wizard all get them. Paladins and Rangers do not get them.
1: All classes also have a spellcasting ability modifier, a term which is, again, defined in Bonus Action 7. For bards, paladins, sorcerers, and warlocks, the spellcasting ability is charisma. For clerics, druids, and rangers, the spellcasting ability modifier is wisdom. For eldritch knight fighters, arcane trickster rogues, and wizards, the spellcasting ability modifier is intelligence.
0: Now let's break it down by class. Bards, rangers, and sorcerers each know only a specific number of spells which increase as their level in their class goes up. They can only know spells for which they have available slots. So for example, a bard with only first level spell slots can't know any second level spells. It's important to note that the number of spells known is not the same thing as the number of spell slots. The number of spells known is fixed and changes only when a character levels up which, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about in the next episode of Bonus Action. The number of spell slots are a resource which constantly fluctuates. In addition, the bard, ranger, and sorcerer may unlearn one spell that they know and replace it with another different spell each time that they level. The one difference between the way the two cast spells is that bards can cast spells as rituals, which have the ritual tag, while sorcerers and rangers cannot.
1: Similarly, the Eldritch Knight Fighter and Arcane Trickster Rogue have spells known just like the Bard, Ranger, and Sorcerer. The difference is that they can only pick spells from the Wizard spell list, and they're limited to specific schools of magic for the most part. The Fighter must learn mostly Abjuration and Evocation spells, while the Rogue must learn mostly Enchantment and Illusion. There are four times in their class progression— 3rd level, 8th level, 14th level, and 20th level that those builds of fighter and rogue may learn any spell from the wizard spell list. They're also not ritual casters.
0: And you know who's weird? The warlock. The warlock has spells known, just like the bard, ranger, and sorcerer. The warlock has many fewer spell slots. The cool thing about the Warlock is that those spell slots refresh after a short rest. The Warlock also has a general pool of slots which increase in spell level. So rather than having one first level spell slot and one second level spell slot in the third level of the class, the Warlock just simply has two second level spell slots. The Warlock is also not a ritual caster. Of course, this style of spellcasting is only for Warlock spells of 5th level and below. At 11th level, the Warlock gains an ability called Mystic Arcanum, which allows it to cast 6 level spells and eventually higher level spells, but this ability requires the usual long rest to recharge, and not a short rest like the Warlock's other lower level spells. The warlock also has several magical abilities called invocations, which sometimes allow the warlock to cast extra spells. You'll need to consult an invocations description to see if it allows you to cast it and what the special rules for casting it are.
1: Now, the cleric and druid are a horse of a different color. They don't have spells known, but rather they have spells which they prepare. This means that every morning after a long rest, These classes can prepare different spells chosen from their list, which allows for greater versatility. After each long rest, both classes can prepare a number of spells equal to their class level plus their Wisdom Modifier but a minimum of one spell. Although, if you have a cleric who has such a low wisdom (laughs) modifier, you probably have not built your cleric well. (laughs) Or Uh,
0: you just rolled really low ability scores.
1: Exactly. Six, 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 six. (laughs) I kind of want to make that cleric now. (laughs) Uh, The character must spend one minute per level for each spell on the list of prepared spells. Well, preparing Like spells known, spells prepared can only be spells for which the character has slots. Remember, the number of spells prepared, just like spells known, is not the same thing as the number of spell slots. Think of spells prepared like spells known that can be changed after each long rest. Both the cleric and druid are ritual casters as well.
0: The Paladin is pretty much the same as the Cleric and Druid, but the Paladin class can only prepare a number of spells equal to half of its class level plus its Wisdom modifier, and it's also not a Ritual caster.
1: The Wizard also prepares spells just like a Cleric or Druid, but uses its Intelligence modifier plus its level to determine the number of spells which can be prepared. Also, a wizard can't just prepare any old spell off the wizard's spell list. It must prepare spells from its personal spellbook. At first level, a wizard's book contains just six spells of the wizard's choice. Each time the wizard gains a level, two spells are added to the spellbook of the player's choice for free. Spells can also be added to the book in another way without having to level. The wizard has to make copies of spells from a scroll or another spell book. For each level of the spell copied into the wizard's spell book, the wizard has to spend two hours and 50 pieces of gold. This represents the time and material cost required to practice the spell and copy it into the book. A wizard can only put new spells into its spell book if it has slots of that spell level available. So you can't be preparing for future slots by copying a ninth level spell into your spellbook if you're only first level. Of course, a wizard can make a backup spellbook in case its current spellbook is lost. Doing so takes less time and money since the wizard presumably already understands its own notations and has been practicing the spell for a while if it's in its own book. We're talking one hour and ten gold pieces for each level of the spell copied. If a spell book is lost and the wizard didn't make a backup, the wizard can still use that one hour and ten gold for each level of the spell copied into a new book for the spells that it currently has prepared. But all of the other spells that were in its spell book that it didn't have prepared, well, it's going to have to copy those into the spell book just like they were new.
0: And this is, by the way, an area of the game that is ripe, ripe, ripe for house ruling. And in fact, I do house rule this in my Mm. game. It takes a lot more time than two hours and a lot more gold than 50 gold (laughs) uh, to get that spell. However, I don't have a cap on the spell, spell level. So you can have a first, second, or third level character, for example, Cat you know p- try to put a ninth level spell into their spellbook now that doesn't mean that it <laughs> happens without problems because they don't have the arcane knowledge to copy it perfectly uh, so you might have problems later, but there's a chance that you might get that spell in your spellbook they still can't cast it until they get the available energy and spell slot for that but but it's there so it's it's a ripe area for house ruling and I highly recommend house ruling because it's fun <laughs>
1: yes yeah, especially those accidents that can happen those mm-hmm. are the most fun to house rule yes as a exactly i love
0: those accidents mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course lots of other classes have exceptions uh to to many things here um if you pay close attention to your chosen archetype or the build w- within the class that you've chosen A Cleric's Domain and a Paladin's Oath allows them to have extra spells prepared which do not count against the normal number of spells that they have available. Similarly, the Circle of the Land Druid has options within their Circle Spells feature that gives them or grants them the same benefit. The Bard's Magical Secrets ability, which they can get at 10th level, allows the Bard to learn a few spells on the lists that are uh, for other classes, as does the Warlock's Pact of the Tome feature, which I find really cool, by the way. Speaking of warlocks, did you know the otherworldly patron choice allows you to learn a few spells that are not on the warlock spell list? The wizard's arcane recovery ability allows the caster to regain a few spell slots during a short rest instead of a long one. In other words, there's a long list of exceptions that allow you to differentiate spell casting
1: for individual PCs. Absolutely, and we could really go on and on, uh, but that's probably another podcast. Just make sure you know your class features if you're playing a spellcaster. Or really, even if you're playing a non-spellcaster. That's just good etiquette for the DM. Uh, every <laughs> class learns, prepares, and casts spells just a little differently. But once you know the basics, it's not too hard to figure out which class is best for you.
0: Well, we hope you've enjoyed this short discussion on spellcasting. Uh, I believe there'll be another spellcasting... uh mm-hmm episode, right? Yeah. this, this is
1: so. This <laughs> is a big topic.
0: Um, it's a big topic. If you like the show, I encourage you to visit show.com and use our affiliate links for Amazon.com and dndclassics.com and noblenight.com to support the show while you shop. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does throw a few copper pieces into the Tome Show's belt pouch, allowing
1: us to stay on the air. I'd also like to send a special shout-out to Tome Show listener Cat Post. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. If any other listeners out there have suggestions, corrections, or comments, feel free to leave a comment at thetomeshow.com or email thetomeshow at gmail.com. Or you could also be brave and call the Tome Show's biz line at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E.
0: Also, if you'd like to be really nice, please go to iTunes and rate the Tome Show, and if you leave a comment, you can mention the Bonus Action Podcast or the Roundtable Podcast or just the regular Tome Show feed or the Book Club or whichever one that you enjoy specifically, and we'd be really appreciative of any feedback you give.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of behind the DM screen, personally. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh,
0: The music in this episode was composed by
1: Eric Michaels. James, where can listeners find you? You can find me at twitter.com slash jamesintracasso, or on my blog, worldbuilderblog.me.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at dm samuel or you can go to my blog at rpgmusings.com. Or perhaps if you'd like to listen to a different kind of podcast, you can go to the Play on Target podcast. That is playontarget.com.